DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Rangers, are you tired of Justice Joe shitting all over the favored foe ability? Then this is the podcast for you. Where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun, dun. Y'all, we did it. 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 We we did nothing. We sat back this and let others do it. 100% true. We made it to 200 Twitter followers. Woo! Woo! And here to celebrate with us is none other than Justice Other Joe himself. Justice Other Joe, welcome back to the program. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to be back. Associate Justice Jojo. Oh, Jojo. Refer to you. There's well, Joe 1 and Joe 2, so Jojo. People used to call me J Two, like J- Joe Two, and I was like, "That's dumb," but that was my nickname because I was always the second Joe. Well, not here, man. <laughs> the first Joe here. <laughs> yeah, suck it, other Joe. Just kidding. I mean, you can if you want to. What are you drinking? <laughs> what are you drinking? I made a Manhattan before we started. <gasps> he made a Manhattan. A Manhattan. Mm. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. What's in a Manhattan? Uh, um, grime, and anger, <laughs> and a little bit of COVID-19. It's it's whiskey, sweet vermouth, and bitters, and cherries. That sounds so gross. I feel like the sweet and the bitter just cancel each other out. I know. Like, why bother? Well, Listen. It's, it's just a, a drop of bitters, so it's not it's not like a just bitter a little, drink. Just it's a little the, better. It's a little sweet. It's great. Just a little They're better. delicious. Just like me. I'm just a little bit bitter. Okay, I think you're a little more. Than a little I'm a lot bitter. <laughs> okay, we have. Okay, first of all, we need to thank someone. Um, RPG Apparel, thank you. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, you love our podcast, and I'm so touched. And you went out of your way to promote us, and for that, we are eternally grateful. It is our goal. I mean, Anna and I started this, uh, to, you know, just like put our ideas out there in the community and we hope that this can turn into, you know, just a resource for people and just sort of a fun podcast. So, and yeah, like we've said it before, we'll say it again. The like D and D community on Twitter is fucking amazing. So good. So great. Yeah. So, um, I didn't want to do the math myself, so (gasps) I'm going to roll for our winner for our 200th follower winner live roll podcast. Live and then someone else will be doing the addition for me. Great. Here we go. <laughs> Rolling now. Okay. So I All rolled right. a 90, a five, and then a three, and then a zero, zero. So they make 95, and then they make 98, and then zero, zero is just a zero. So I think it's 98. Yeah. 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 I did oh that Oh my right. God. 98. So we're still in the first top 100. Wow. Do you want to take a picture of it for proof? Yes. So we don't get hate-crimed? Yeah. I will. 
So congratulations to whoever that is. We're not going to do it. <laughs> Should we do it right now? Do you want to do it right now? Um, it's going to take too long. Yeah, it's going to take too long. And I messaged them to see if they're even interested. So Got it. Okay. Well, if number 98 doesn't want it, then we'll roll again and you'll find out later this week. Um, great. Well, congratulations to them. Congratulations to us. And congratulations to me specifically. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Um, nice job, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe, Joe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a little story to tell. Um, oh boy, <laughs> this is <laughs> so. I I said the word pooping with an exclamation point, and Joe was like, "Why did you say that to Anna?" And I said, "Oh, it's this story." And listen, it's not the funniest story in the world, but it was hilarious when it happened. So you're it just cemented gonna... our friendship. It did. So now we are going to tell Joe the story live on air. So the story goes like this. Anna and I were at a conference in Nolens and we had, we're having a fabulous time. First day of the conference, um, we go, we, uh, we all sit down. The only spots that were like left at a table where it wouldn't be awkward was like right at the front. So we're right at the front. Mind you, this conference is a conference filled with doctors and lawyers from around the country. Um, and, uh, from like all uh, administrative agencies across different states. Um, so the, I, I, I don't even remember what the question was that. Th- do you remember, Anna? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember what part of the brain he was talking about, but there was a presenter who was ta- who was asking the room at large what functions a particular part of the brain does. And he said, like, their life's more most basic functions, right? Like, so it controls your hunger. It controls your sleep. <laughs> it controls your whatever. And then he, like, very suggestively, like, you know, motions to the crowd. And he's like, there's there's a big one that we're missing. And he was and, implying. And like, what is he implying? Like sex? Like, yeah, he was implying. He was implying sex. sex. And then Anna, very the confidently, very confidently, like sort of raises both hands, if I remember correctly, and just goes, pooping. <laughs> and the entire crowd just like started cracking up. And I almost about, I about died. I'm not even joking. I was like almost oh on the floor. And he looked at her like, I, I, I mean, no, it wasn't the one I was going for. Maybe um, it was one of the funniest things. And then someone didn't hear you and you had to like repeat yourself, I think. Yep. And, like, and you're like, you turned around, you're like pooping. Yep. I said it twice. Oh, that and is, it became, that is great. Uh, and it just like became the, how Anna and I refer to each other, basically. And, by, by um, poop? We pooped. We, we would we, we would walk into each other's office and just take a dump. Just, just take a dump. Exactly. Take a dump. So, oh, my God. Uh, there's a story about pooping from two adult lawyers. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, America wow. and beyond, wow. including you, Canada. <laughs> a little sparkle as you smile. Okay. Well, listen. Today we're, we're obviously we're doing the show a little bit differently. We have uh, Associate Justice JoJo or other Joe joining us early, and why you might ask? Well, a lot of milestones today. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's our tenth episode. That's a milestone. Okay, we have two hundred 
we have now 217 as of right now, 217 Twitter followers. That's a milestone. Okay. What other milestones? Well, it's March 2021. That's a milestone. I don't know why, the but snow it is. is melting. Milestone. Snow, yeah, we're going into spring. Milestone. Okay. I went a whole week without falling in the ice. Milestone. Joe did not. <laughs> <laughs> so I may or after making fun of Anna. No, I didn't make fun of you. I always said, oh. You did it. You were very sympathetic, but I, I will make fun of you. I 100% was like, I'm going to cross this slippery ice as it started melting. Because some people on my street think that. They don't have to clear their sidewalks and they can just let shit pile up. Um, and I full on while walking my dog wiped and like just took a nosedive into a huge, gross, muddy puddle of water, of ice cold water. It got all over my clothes. Listen, I, I have to now wash that pair of jeans. I haven't washed that pair of jeans probably since quarantine started. OK, because I've worn them not that often. More sweatpants, less jeans. Exactly. Because I don't go out. <laughs> so uh, why would I need to wash my... And I, so, and I so hardly you put, wash put jeans put on your church jeans anyway. to go out for a walk real quick? And <laughs> Listen, I like to look my best. I like to represent. So um, anyway, uh, we have a lot of milestones that we've reached. We're so excited. And I hope that we just keep growing. Um, I would love for people to use this podcast as a resource. We would love to have people, if if you're in a live play podcast or if you are a DM at a table and you and your player are having arguments over an issue, we would love to like have you guys on and, and we'll help, you know, come to a resolution. Um, so yeah, reach out to us. That's right. We're yeah. excited. We're excited to be here. We're excited to be at episode 10, which feels huge, but here we are. I know. That's what she said. All right. Okay. All right, Anna. Cool it. I'm so sorry, uh, Mrs. Dixon. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Your daughter's such a pervert. Oh, my God. I've tried. My mom to... stopped li listening after that pooping story. All right. <laughs> no. She did not make it to this point. She in the just podcast. went, oh, Anna. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so today's episode, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to take our little break as normal. But when we come back, rather than have. Uh, case discussions instead justice joe is gonna do a hot takes oh no what's it called rocket docket rocket docket rocket docket where Woo. he just peppers us with questions about our thoughts opinions or perspectives on D D, and we all answer them and we hope you enjoy this unique milestone episode Woo -woo. hey everyone it's justice anna here I am thrilled to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Game Masters Merchant. DMs, are you feeling strapped for ideas for your campaign? Are you looking for something to help bring the excitement of sessions gone by back to your table? If so, then you're really going to want to pick up the Deck of Many Things by Game Masters Merchant. The Deck of Many Things is beautifully crafted and an extraordinarily powerful set of cards set in the D&D universe that is sure to reinvigorate your players and take your campaign to the next level. The deck is printed on sturdy cardstock and features original artwork. The deck is available on Etsy, eBay, and will soon be available on Amazon. But wait, there's more! If you use the code RAW10 on Etsy, you can get 10% off your purchase. Did you hear me just now? 10%! Just use the code RAW10 on Etsy and you get 10% off until March 1st. Get these cards, breathe life into stale campaigns, and enjoy! 
the Game Master's Merchant, gmmerchant.com. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. The Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Visiting Associate Justice Jojo of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and get ready to gush over a new semi-royal baby, for the court is now sitting. Pew, 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 pew! Rocket docket today. Rocket docket! The court will be hearing many cases today. If this was a radio of, show, cases. if this was a radio show, we'd have like, pew, 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 uh, you know, all the sound effects. Rocket, hey, rock. welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Coming at you live from WDSM. That's right. WDSM. What does the W stand for? West Des Moines. That's where I am. No. Oh, oh. I get it now, but I, yeah. Joe and I are not, so. <laughs> Coming to you from. Nobody cares. All right. All right rocket docket, folks. Basically, Joe's just going to pepper us with questions and we, it's like, we just go, we just go Let's with our go. gut instinct. We have, we don't know what these questions are. Yeah. So I, I, tr- we trust in him, but if it's really embarrassing, I can just edit it out, Anna. Mm-hmm. So don't worry, but I won't and do it if, it if it makes you look dumb, only if it makes me look dumb. Got it. And I have a, a long list I wrote down that may or may not repeat uh, topics already addressed. So when it does, it was brainstormed. So just tell me you already addressed that. <laughs> I'll yell Because then I've, yeah. I've forgotten. Well, I've listened to them. I've just uh-huh. forgotten a what likely all we've story. talked about. Not only have you hey, listened to them, you've been that, on one of them. So right. Well, when I ask about fall damage and in critical <laughs> speed, then uh, you can say, uh, you talked about that. Um, anyway, you ready to start? Anyway. We're ready. Let's go. We're ready. Okay. Uh, what are the magic item attunement rules, and do you agree with them, and do you apply them? Wait, this is wait, wait. This is like a quiz. Yeah, is, I know. This, this is, is like a quiz. This is way too much no, pressure. but that's th- this is. Do you agree this, with the attunement? Right. Rules? I, I wrote it in. What are they first? So establish what they are. Do you agree with them, and do okay. you apply them? So I believe the attunement rules. You can attune to a maximum of three magical items um, and how long do you need to attune is it just varied an, upon the item an, an hour an hour you need to spend okay. an hour okay. attuning um so you can be done during a short rest is that cor- joe did you look these up beforehand not all of them but it, are we correct with that one I, yes i think so well okay i've got my books and notes spread out in, in front <laughs> of our bona fides <laughs> our bona fides have gone down the toilet um okay do do we agree with them okay anna you go first because i guess you're the you're you're not the one who's implementing them in the game yet so yes i yeah why why would i disagree i don't think you've have you gotten any magic items yet that require attunement just one i have gotten two (gasps) which ones yeah i have bracers that i needed to attune to which prevent poison damage and my great sword requires attunement as well that's true Mm-hmm. two magical items that I made up. Oh, uh, that's right. The Bracers of Dwarven Kind, which I stole from a uh, high Todd from a campaign that I'm in, and uh, uh, the Witch Reaver, which is based off of Yasha's magician judge, Magician's Judge from Critical Role, but it has an additional feature that I forget. I think it's a plus one, right? Or yes, no? it is. It's um, a plus one. It can cast a spell magic. Oh, oh, it, it increases, it gives you a plus to your wisdom saving throw, doesn't it? While it's attuned? It does. Mm. Um, 
And I, I don't really have an opinion on like the how many and how long it takes to attune, but I will tell you, I love that that exists. Like the mm-hmm. idea of attuned items exists. I really right. think that it like adds something um, that you need like a, you need to pray with this item, sit with it for a while and uh, like build right. a relationship with these dwarven bracers before right. they give you their benefit. <laughs> I love it. Speak to mama. Speak to mama. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do implement those rules. I uh, I don't think I've reached a point in either or any of my campaigns where someone has had so many items they wanted to attune to that we, we uh, that they were they came to me asking if they could attune to more than three. I might permit it in later game stages. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, as you all know, like I have these super powerful magic items that I give my players. Uh, maybe, maybe as a little, as a little gifty gift, I'll, I'll post, I'll post like a snapshot of one of the items that I created for one of my players th- who already got their item. Um, and, uh, or may, how, how about this, Anna, when your character gets, gets where Iso gets her item, how about mm-hmm. we'll post, we'll post it so people can see yes. the cool stuff that it does. If Let's she gets do it. it, if she if lives, I get it. if I earn um, it, if you earn it, but, uh, yeah, if I think she lives. No, she, <laughs> um, I do agree with the rules. I think there does need to be a limit on like the, the availability and use of like powerful magic items. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, so I do implement them. And, um, for now, I, yes, I agree that um, the maximum of three makes sense. Um, there are other campaigns that I've played in where people allow up to your proficiency bonus, which is Ooh. double that. So at level 20, so, or 17 or whatever. Yeah. Um, case closed. Next case, case. closed. Dun, dun. I had the gavel, but I'm not going to use it. Do you have any so, use it, Joe? I mean, yeah. Joe literally gave yeah, okay. it to you, so. Okay, but then you like were like, it sounds like shit. And I was like, oh, okay, well. I don't think it sounds like shit. Not you, Joe. Said I that. know, but I'm saying, doesn't my opinion count for anything? Okay, case gavel. closed. I think yeah, it sounds great. sounds pretty terrible. Oh, all right. <laughs> it sounded good on my end. <laughs> So uh, I've got a few here that are more opinions than yeah, anything. Yeah, let's go for it. What's mm-hmm. what's the uh, favorite magic item that you've ever come across and why? Ooh. Hmm. And it, it, so in this, it can't just be something you've read in the book. It's something that you've come across either like made as a DM or encountered as a player. Okay, I got Joe. What Jojo? Why don't you tell us? Your item. Oh, Kaz has uh, the cloak of billowing. And Kaz is my uh, half-orc barbarian chef. And um, I, I can't tell you his full name. That's his nickname. But his uh, he, he has a cloak you don't, of billowing. Do you not remember? Wait, do you not no, remember? No, I know it, it but oh. Anna doesn't. Yeah, but Iso oh. doesn't. I didn't oh. know you had like another name. Ooh, got it. Yeah, you did. Revealed. We we talked about it when uh, I was learning that your character's real name was not the name he knew. That's right. And so anyway, um, Kaz has a cloak of billowing, and he since he's a chef, when he uh, <laughs> poses heroically with his hands on his hips in a superhero pose, he says "Bon appetit" and his cloak <laughs> billows because uh, that's the magic word, and it it makes me smile every time. <laughs> it makes all of us smile every time, yeah. and I love that that's your favorite item that you've come across. Oh, it's, 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 it's it's like just like a nonsense item, but yeah, ironically a- enough, the barbarian Torax in my other Geyser campaign, he also is the one with the cloak of billowing, and he's a barbarian, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a barbarian thing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Joe. 
Um, okay, so mind, m- mind, mine is a. I, I don't remember what it's called, but my I believe my first DM gave it to me. Thank you, Will, or one of our uh, one of our friends. We had a rotating DM campaign where every every session a new person would DM it um, uh, from within the group, and uh, I was playing a bard, and it was a. <laughs> It was a ribbon that you could tie on something. And every time you told a pun, everyone in like a 30 foot radius had to make a wisdom saving throw or take like 1d4 points of psychic damage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was oh just making God. the dumbest puns. And it's just like such a stupid fun item. Um, but the the best item that I've yet to come across that I've tried to give to some of my players, but they didn't find it, was a, uh, a miniature gelatinous cube. I saw this on a... Uh, uh on a uh, you've told us about this before have i not on the podcast but you've told me about this before and and i'm curious if i'm part of the campaign that's missed it because no you want to find it it's my other gadget (laughs) campaign and you guys might get one too and it's just i saw it someone came up with it on homebrew something yeah yeah but uh it's just like a little mini gelatinous cube that's a pet and when you have things you don't want anymore you drop it in the little jar you keep it in and it dissolves it it's so cute (laughs) okay anna what's yours yeah, I like the Witch Reaver that you gave me is the most badass, mm. amazing weapon ever. I don't, have you ever used its magic? Yes, yeah. I have. Against the like <gasps> necromatic dark uh hooded dude yes, or whatever. That's true. Yeah, and it was amazing. And every time my character uses this weapon, she just feels like so powerful. So I love that weapon. Okay. Good job, Again. Joe. I did make up an item for uh, a, a beginner campaign uh, that I'm running for my wife and her sister and uh, her sister's boyfriend uh, and did a stone of luck because I made them um, fight above their their weight um, mm. and I knew that they were going to need some items to, to help them. Uh, and so it's a stone cat's head that has three different gems in it, and each gem has a charge. And there's a bonus for 24 hours when they're all three charged upon receipt. And that was kind of a fun mm. item. Nice. I like that. The, I think one of my favorite ones that I haven't uh, played before, but in Critical Role, they got these things called oops stones recently. And they're basically <laughs> like you throw the stone and it like in like a 60 foot or 30 foot radius, it like smells like a really bad fart and everyone has to make, (laughs) everyone has to make constitution saving throws and they start retching for a turn. It's brilliant. It's like the stinking cloud spell. It's great. Um, Okay. Excellent. Case closed. Okay. uh, This is a map question. Okay. Map. So on maps, hexes versus squares and why? What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so talking about in, the grid yeah yeah, yeah. So, in, so it can be a square right mm-hmm. or you can have hexes and that is used in some different map making right so in pathfinder uh they use a hex system and in some other rpg systems they use hexes basically it's um it's hexagons so that er- each thing is six-sided as opposed to just four-sided so diagonal movement is, is a lot smoother um, mm. it, it, you don't have to worry about the like the diagonals being a lot longer than just hor- just regular horizontal lines. Um, I I I don't to be honest I don't have a strong strong preference. I've never played Pathfinder. 
I've only played D and D um, with with the grid. Uh, but I would. Oh no, no, that's not true. I have played with hexes before. Uh, I don't have a strong preference. I use the grid because it's the grid, and I like squares. <laughs> squares are the only thing I know, so I'm gonna go with squares. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the squares just because I think it looks better on the map and helps mm-hmm. set up things better when you have uh, terrain pieces and, right. you know, you're building walls and stuff like that. I think that it sets up better than um, mm-hmm. yeah hexes do because then you've got it just it looks weird to my OCD mind to have half squares sticking out from or half hexes sticking out from under terrain and walls and stuff like that. (laughs) I feel like that would remind me of like honeycomb and that kind of freaks me out. So (laughs) does it really? Yes. You're fighting. Wait, do you have that phobia? That's like the fear of like tiny circles in small groups. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. That is is definitely a thing. My roommate in college had it. I don't know if I do. It just kind of irks me. I think it's called, is it tryptophobia? I thought that was fear of turkeys. No, yeah. Tryptophan. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. No. Oh, tripophobia is an aversion to the sight of irregular patterns or clusters of small holes or bumps. Hmm. Yeah, I... Even your description is now arcing me. So moving on. Gavel, gavel. All right, gavel, gavel. Gavel, gavel. Next question. Or gobble, gobble, if you will. Gobble, gobble. Uh, <laughs> so, no, not the dreaded turkey. <laughs> uh, favorite monster race, uh, playable monster race oh. outside of the player's handbook. Ooh. So like from like Volo's Guide to Monsters. Yeah, or... from all the other, you know, resources. So you've, yeah, I mean, you've got goblins and you, I guess you could play an orc and Kenku. Can you be a giant? And... Is that a monster? No? I don't think giants play a race. You can be a Goliath, goliath, be a goliath which I don't really think qualifies as a monster race. Um, uh, I believe it's also from Volo's. And, and Goliaths are like half giants, basically. Um, hmm. Joe, do you have one? Well, I think goblins are really fun as potential playable characters. I think, I mean, taking from Critical Role again, I think that uh, the Kenku uh, that they have with them for a few episodes in the middle of Campaign 2 is super fun, Kiri. Kiri. And they they call her uh, every once in a while with sending, and I think that's hilarious. But uh, I think that would be a really hard hard race to play as a character where you can only use mimic to speak. Right. Um, it's very hard to do as a DM. Yeah. Uh, as you all know, when you encountered one and I was like, this is hard. Um, <laughs> oh, is it Asimar? It's from Volos. Yeah. They're not really monsters one. though. I know they're not, but I played one and it was a great. So I picked that one. Okay. Well, or kobolds. You can play kobolds. Ooh, or that a bugbear. Yeah. Bugbears. Bug I have a bug. Steve plays a bugbear in my other campaign. The barbarian with the cloak of billowing. Um, I think I would if I'm Fur if I'm bulbs. like look if I'm talking about just mechanics, I'm going with goblins because goblins basically have cunning action. They can disengage as a bonus action. Hello, uh, who wouldn't want that ability? It's great. So just take that, and they can hide. I think they might be able to hide as a bonus action too. Uh, I played a goblin snoggish 
in your Halloween campaign. <laughs> and so I was a ranger that could, from first level, basically use cutting action. It was fucking great. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Goblin. Uh, so, okay. Okay, case Anna? closed. Oh, I, sorry, Anna. You already went. You already said, you said yeah, ASMR. Yeah, I said like two. Oh, you're, yeah. okay. I um, want Bugbear, actually. That's my final answer. Bugbear. Bugbears are great. Bugbears, a, a bugbear rogue is interesting because bugbears have reach. So they have a 10 foot reach with melee weapons. So you, as a rogue, you could like get within melee range, attack, but be 10 feet away and then bop out of the way without having to disengage. Ooh. Use that extra action. Use that bonus action to dash or hide. Yep. Anyway. Nice. So I think that the interwebs are mostly in agreement that of the... 5e player's handbook classes mm -hmm. ranger is the most underpowered and uh, disadvantaged class do you think that the revised ranger uh, has fixed enough of those problems to make it on on par with others Anna, do you know enough about the, the differences? No. no, I do not. <laughs> um, you can tell Joe plays a ranger currently because he has a lot of ranger questions. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Another rangers. Ranger, yeah, I I love rangers. Uh, I definitely agree. I think rangers followed by sorcerers are uh, maybe not sorcerers. I don't know. I, I, I feel like sorcerers are underpowered because they don't have a lot of spells to choose from um or they don't have a, a lot of known spells um i definitely agree that rangers are the most underpowered class um in the player's handbook i do agree that most if not all of the changes that were implemented in the revised ranger should have been introduced in tasha's and that's what i was expecting and it was not added and i'm a little perturbed about that um uh would I say that the revised ranger is overpowered? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I think I'd have to, to play it more. I think we talked about this on two episodes ago. I think that there are aspects of it at early levels that make it feel overpowered, but in reality it balances out, especially at later levels. So yeah, I, I think I, I let my characters play revised rangers. I have no okay. opinion. <laughs> I don't okay. think that the or I don't joke. think that the revised ranger is overpowered. I think I like so the the ranger I'm currently playing is a revised ranger with Tasha's tweaks. So I've mm. taken out uh, the favored terrain and um, favored what what is it Fav favored enemy? Uh, well, favored terrain is from is from the player's handbook. Right. I've taken that out and replaced it with Tasha's alternative to it. Oh, and, I see. What and I've saying. taken out favored enemy for favored foe or vice versa or whatever right. it is. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that that's been a fun blend to play. But, you know, my it, that ranger uh, plays opposite of his twin, who's Anna's character, who's a rogue. And I think that, right. you know, we're we're on par early on. Um and I'm going to play the playtest uh, Drake Warden class, so we'll see if how that compares to playing a Beastmaster as we progress. But I'm going to get yeah. a dragon. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really interested in in your your duo there. You, I mean, it's so unique. I've never before heard of twins who were elves. Oh, one brother. was a ranger. One was a rogue. Um, <laughs> but 
Did one of them have a <laughs> We're dragon? We're both boys. <laughs> uh, That's no. different. Uh, Were they also bear. wood elves? What? But not a Were dragon. Were they also wood elves? Uh, I don't remember. I think so. Um, uh, I'm kidding. I, I Whatever. I'm making fun of you. Okay, just get over it. Um, <laughs> I am very excited, though. You're both taking unique subclasses, and I am excited to see those in action. Um, and I'm the only one besides the DM who knows what kind of dragon that Joe's character has because <laughs> I rolled a nat 20 or something like that on my nature check. So... <laughs> I know what it and is. And it's it's coming up real quick. Yeah, next yeah, session. Next session. Yes. All right. Uh moving on. Gabba uh, Gabba. Gabba Gabba. So let that let's just transfer that into what what is in your opinion the best class or most fun class to you versus worst class. Ooh, okay, Anna, you you start okay. on this one. Best class. Most fun class is bard. <laughs> They're just the greatest. I love being a bard. It's so much fun. Uh, and also they're like incredibly helpful. They're not they're not like crazy good at fighting, but they're incredibly helpful to the group. So I love bards. I think that's the best class. That's a class, right? Yeah, that's a class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a D&D expert, guys. I'm a podcast. <laughs> um least favorite hmm. Come back to me. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of all of my characters. Uh, best class. <sighs> you know, I'm a fucking sucker for clerics, man. Clerics are so fucking versatile. They can do huge damage. They have such great support spells. And they have such unique spells for um, for for everything. But if I'm thinking in all reality, especially with Atasha's revisions... Prop. I've only played one a little bit, but the most, the best class would probably, I have to say, druid. Druids are so fucking powerful. That especially moon druids. Moon druids are so overpowered. It's not even funny. Bonus action. Wild shape. Wild shape into a fucking uh, creature with like seventy hit points at like <laughs> level six. Okay, sure. Why not? So, so your your HP pool is like fucking one sixty total. All right, sure. Why don't I just fucking not be able to create a monster that can defeat that? I'm so thankful <laughs> none of my druids are moon druids. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say druid is probably the best class. Um, least favorite fighters. I find fighters. Uh, action surge is awesome, but the, you can only use it once. And you don't get to use it twice until like 10th level or something. And Unless you're playing in a campaign for a super long time, you're never going to get there. Um, and I just think they're kind of boring. So, Anna, did you have think we, of one? Have we seen a warlock? I don't know that I've seen one. Yeah, Umbra's a warlock. Yeah. Oh, she's a lot of things, though, so... She's a warlock rogue! <laughs> That's a lot of things. That's two things. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, fighters sound pretty boring. Um, but I just don't think I've seen enough or played long enough to have a least favorite right now. I'm still in the stage where every time I build a new character, I want to be something that I haven't been before. Um, sure. just so I can like try out some new combination of class and race. So yeah, I don't have a least favorite yet. Yeah. I think maybe part of my, uh, maybe I'm just a little like 
biased against fighters. I think people tend to pick them because they're a safe choice in that they don't have a ton of stuff they can do. So it's it's easier to remember, like as opposed to a wizard where you have a fuck ton of spells. Um, a fighter is just it's a lot easier to use, but I think people tend to just like rely on that as a crutch. And it tends to be like a first choice for people who don't really want to put in a ton of time, no shade to fighters, but <laughs> an, an exception to this would be fighters like Percy from campaign one of critical rogue. Who's a, who was a gunslinger. That was a Matt Mercer um, subclass Homebrew. that he created, uh, which was a really cool subclass. Um, so I don't know, Joe, what about you? Uh, you know, I've, I, I'm like, Anna. I haven't played enough of them in depth, um, to know. I really love playing a barbarian. I mean, it's, it's real simple. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it with my axe or my sword or whatever <laughs> you're going to have. I mean, that's what you're going to do, but it, it's, it's a really fun class just cause you, it, if you're gonna, play that character i think that you've got to role play a little bit more and have you know a, a f more fleshed out character mm -hmm. uh and so i think that makes that fun i mean which you, you, you do that, very well a little, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate you and my my steve who plays my other barbarian are both very very into that making making it more than just i smash things and uh and that's a lot of fun in general, when you, whenever you have characters that do that as a DM, it's a lot more fun. But specifically for a class like a barbarian, where it's hard to really find those those things to really pick up on, it's easy for easier for like bards because they're performers and whatnot. But mm -hmm. right, yeah, yeah, and I, that's probably why I, I find myself. So I mean, obviously, we've talked about it a bunch. I really like rangers just because I like you know they're they're kind of woodsmen. They're a little sneaky. They shoot arrows. They've got magic. There's kind of a blend in there. Um, I really want to play a monk. I think that they sound really fun mm. and cool. Um, but uh, switching to to those that kind of are on my favorite list, uh, I'll go with the complete opposite of Anna. I think playing a bard sounds miserable. Like, <laughs> what? I just don't, Why? I don't have... I've read all of that, and it's like, no, I will. I I don't even think I'll try it. I don't have any desire to play a bard. It sounds so boring. You get to like sing songs and make jokes and tell stories and inspire people. What what about yeah. that? Doesn't sound fun to you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe because I can't sing or <laughs> neither can I'm I. Not that as funny my campaign or... members will tell you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it like. Whatever, you know That's what? never been, in video games, Whatever. you know, like if you're playing MMOs, I never wanted to play the, like, support class. I don't mm. know, that just doesn't, doesn't uh, appeal to me. My next character so. is going to be a human fighter. <laughs> Na named, named, like, Bob. Bob. I, I'm, I'm Bob, no last name. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, all of I'm my stats a, are I'm 12. an accountant. Uh, it would be it would be super awesome to play like a, a total straight and narrow total, basic total fighter named Bob and play it all the way through and then have some massive secret or something <laughs> at the very end that comes out. I could not do it. Um, yeah, I you think try it. I I I, I, I really Actually, I'm gonna be named Carol. <laughs> Karen. 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 Oh my god, oh. Karen. Oh god, not in my games. You're not. Um, <laughs> Uh, 
I think, yeah, I, I, I think bards are fun. They're a little limiting. I mean, interestingly, their spell list is like not as expansive as I thought it was back when I, cause a bard was my first class that I played. Um, but then they get magical secrets. So they get like, like, a four or depending on their subclass six spells from any spell class, which is awesome. Take Eldritch blast. If you're a bard, it's fucking worth <laughs> it. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, okay. Well, that's how I rule case closed. All right. Um, how much gold is too much gold for players levels one through five? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Thank you, Canada, for that question. Um, this is an interesting question. So you know what? I think I don't have an answer to that. I just gave my other guide group the equivalent of 20,000 gold, and they're level six. Um, that's not that's not just pure gold. That's also a lot of very expensive magic items. But they ended up getting like six or seven grand of just gold. Um I don't know. I think as long as you, as a DM, as long as you're good about making sure the economy doesn't get super inflated and that you're able to control prices of things, um, then that's fine. I mean, I gave my other gadget group a, a bag of holding for like 150 gold because I really wanted them to not worry about lugging stuff around. So they got that early on in the campaign. But I've seen campaigns where people are like, oh, it's like five grand for a bag of holding. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, what? That's crazy. Um, I don't know. You know, that's a hard question. For you guys, yeah, it's probably I, like there there is no amount. I, I was going to be like, the Give limit does not more. exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mean girl's reference, Jojo. <laughs> He's like giving me a blank stare. I know right that. Now. No, I know. I got that. I got that reference. Um, I, I can, I can understand not wanting to have your low level players be like insanely rich and just buy whatever crazy magic item they find. Um, but I also think, yeah. I mean, if your players are level five, just don't let them come across crazy magic items. Well, exactly. Well, that's what that's what you have to do as the DM is is be careful about what items they can actually buy. Um, I mean, I at level five, I feel obliged to give my my PCs enough gold so that they can buy three 300 gold worth diamonds and not have it be game breaking because I want them to be able to cast revivify if they need to. That's just me. I don't want to unnecessarily punish my characters. So, yeah. All of my characters have one thing in common with real life Anna and that they are so cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And they always haggle over price, no matter how important the item or like whatever else is going on in that character's life. Oh my God. They are going to haggle over the price. (laughs) This is so funny because I just realized Iso is a charisma based character. Um, uh, what the bard. fuck is yeah? What the fuck is your bard's name? Jin. Jin. Jin, X. Uh, Jin is a charisma based character. The character you're playing in the Harry Potter game is a sorcerer, also a charisma based yes. character. Yeah. Oh man! Only now- my rogue is is dexterity based, and my rogue barely ever talks. <laughs> yeah. I okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> that adds up my choices. It does. 
Our characters have to be in- intentionally sneaky and quiet, mm-hmm. though. Why? Do you want to tell the, the children? <laughs> no? No, I... Someday. Tell me or I'll spoil you what learn. fucking dragon you have. <laughs> Do spoil it. I, I want to know that, to man. Know. Well, you should have asked me in game. I would have told you. I feel like Inky's going to shout it out the second before it hatches just to prove that he was, he was right. <laughs> Um, I was, this, this won't come as a spoiler, but I, I'm going to, uh, at early in the next session, ask to start taking bets on what it is or is not. Nice. Except, so, are you gonna maybe Inky will find himself some money. To be fair, it could, Click could have totally fucked with me and I could be, it could have totally That's lied true. to me. Um, but I don't think he would have done that. So, uh, yeah, it's a multicolored dragon. So I put a hundred gold down on. I think you should put a hundred gold down on that. Ooh! And give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. So, well, so this this question about how much gold is too much gold came about because I was looking at the sheet or, or the the charts in in the uh, dungeon master's guide and the player's handbook about. Mm. You know, maintenance and daily costs and costs of living and all that. Nerd. And then, yeah, I know. And then looking at that to to compare that to what I was using a, a, a free um, adventure for for a first couple settings for this uh, campaign I'm running for my wife and, and her sister, uh, and I, trying to figure out that compared to the amount of gold that was prescribed in the as-written adventure, which seemed astronomical for level one players. And so I was kind of trying to figure out, well, you know, where, how much should you really be getting and and how much should this pay out? Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, big adventure, but um, it seems like a lot of money for level one characters to get out of the gate. It's like seventy five gold or eighty gold a piece. Oh, that's not too bad. For, Is that a lot? But I, feel like I mean, that's it seemed. I level, it seemed like a lot. I level one. I level it kind one. of is. I mean, it all depends. For short term games, give them as much money as they want. Who cares? It's cool. right. In yeah. long long term campaigns, okay, you got to be a little wiser about it. But like, again, I gave the party. Healing potions are like fifty dollars. That's no seventy five right. gold isn't that much. Well, but at first level, I mean, the, the whole thing is that you shouldn't be at first level for a super long time, right? I mean, right, so right. you're going to get out of that pretty quickly. 75 gold gives you enough to buy slightly better armor and one vial of something. And that's it, basically. Um, or, you know, and and and, base, and not have money left over for other things. I think Clint does a good job in our Icewind Dale campaign. I mean, he's pretty... He, he's not very loose with gold. So we have to like really watch what we're spending. And it's sort of that, that survival kind of campaign. And I actually kind of like that. So it just yeah. sucks as a wizard because it costs a lot of fucking gold to transcribe things into my spell book. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that will uh, be sorted out. Okay. Case closed. Okay. Gobble, so, gobble. so this discussion can, can branch in, in two different questions. So okay. the first you've already kind of touched on, uh, the first is, is bags of holding and encumbrance rules. Uh, how, how do you feel about bags of holding? Should you just give them out out of the gate and forget encumbrance rules or, and, and do you abide by how big a bag of holding is and can, how much it can actually hold? Or is it 
truly just a bottomless bag? Um, it's not a bottomless bag. <laughs> uh, I always play with the, you know, it's a four by four, um, extra dimensional space. Um, I will tell my players, you know, you can't fit, you know, an entire wagon inside your bag of holding. Um, uh, I don't use encumbrance rules because I think that it would just weigh the gameplay down too much. I just do the kind of like, all right, here's my ruling. You can carry that with you, but here's going to be the result. You're going to have disadvantage on this. You're going to, it's going to take you twice as long to get from point A to point B. Um, like that table you guys wanted to do <laughs> in your, <laughs> in so, our yawning portal campaign. No, well, tabley was, tabley was a, a, an animated be like table. a pack mule. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like an animated, it was an animated table. So it, we didn't have to carry it. It like ran along and like, and uh, oh. was gonna we would be able to like sit on it and it could like <laughs> it's so stupid, um, <laughs> but we ended up getting a bag of holding there anyway. I I tend to give my groups bags of holding because I just I just don't want to hear lip from my players about well I can carry this and I can be it's like all right just let's get over it put your shit <laughs> put your shit in a bag of holding and whatever. Also, I really want to start a campaign with someone putting a bag of holding inside a bag of holding, which if you ever read the description of a bag of holding has a very bad outcome. Um, and, uh, or any other extra dimensional space inside of a bag of holding. And, um, uh, that would be a great start for a campaign setting. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. Anna, would you want to plan a campaign? We were constantly worrying about how much you could carry. No. And if I did plan such a campaign, then I would have even, I would have been even more insistent on buying a pony. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't have let... Some fucking barbarian half orc nonsense. Talk me out oh, of buying a pony. Shit. All right. <laughs> I would have been like, screw you. Ponies coming with me. <laughs> hear that, Jojo? <laughs> I hear that. Um, does yeah. that does that answer your questions? I I am grateful that in your campaigns we <laughs> don't have to worry too much about. <laughs> what we're holding and how much it weighs and how it's slowing us down only if it was something that was like if it was something where it was like okay like practically speaking like if you want to carry like a coffin okay well (laughs) uh, for whatever reason like okay you're gonna have to think about how you're gonna do that but that's why you know i don't know that's why my wizard is gonna have tensors floating disc because boom takes care of that problem so yeah anyway okay gobble 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 uh what is the hardest class to play or what do you maybe what do you think would be what do you think the hardest class is it's a it was in in, your opinion was implied in the question i'm gonna have to say druid Hmm. because there's a lot of rules (laughs) there's a lot of like things they can do and that's hard to keep track of so I think it's easier than you'd think, but I will say I, don't know. I haven't played one. So yeah, it is. But I just know that all the druids that I've seen in our campaigns have just like a lot going on. Yeah. So it's all those remembering your wild shapes and, and yeah. stuff. You just got to like keep a list and get those stat blocks. The hardest class to play. What do you think, Jojo? I think, uh, well, so I, I haven't, encountered or dealt with a sorcerer at all but uh wizard is pretty complex 
Um, you know, I haven't really played. I, I mean, I've played a cleric, which is the most complicated magic class I've played yet. But just trying to keep up with uh, a player who's doing, uh, who's playing a wizard when I haven't played that class, it it's a lot of learning and and memorizing spells and. Uh, you know, I think as I get more familiar with it, I'll remember more and more of distances and all that. But right now, it's 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 a ton of reference, sure. and mm-hmm. uh, you know, needing to know where you need to look to to find the answers to those questions quickly uh, can be a bit cumbersome if you haven't prepared in advance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of. For wizards, you just, I mean, you kind of just have to throw yourself in there. Like, I don't have much experience playing one, but um, I, as long as you have a trusty resource, like I always talk about the app I have on my phone for looking up spells, I'm always looking up spells constantly throughout the game. Just because I'm like, oh, wait, I might want to use this spell later. Or when I reach this level, I might want to take this spell. What does it do? Um, That's really the key key to a wizard. Wizards really aren't that complex. They just have a lot of spells and knowing which ones to prepare and which ones to choose and whatever, that's where it gets kind of wonky. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this can both be the easiest and hardest class, but I'm going to say warlock because a warlock, I feel like an, you can, you could go the super easy route and say, I'm going to buff up Eldridge blast. I'm going to take all of the Eldritch invocations that, that beef up Eldritch blast. And I'm just going to pew pew everything. Um, but I think that's really boring. Pew, pew. Um, and that's really easy to do. And then you could just use your spells like, Oh, I'll cast hacks on everything. Um, I think it's much harder to make a warlock that is unique and interesting. Uh, so I'm kind of interpreting this question a little differently, like uh, not just the hardest class to play, but the hardest class to make fun. Um, I, I think you really have to work at like really choosing your spells carefully because a warlock can't just swap them out whenever they want. They can't, they don't prepare spells like other classes. They have to, they're like a bard. They learn the spells that they learn. Um, and they could swap them out when they level up. Uh, but you have to really just be conscious of what you're, what you can do and, and of those spell slots. Cause you only get, you only get a handful of spell slots. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say warlock, but my warlock's amazing. So, <laughs> and just you wait until she can, well, I won't. She's going to do Don't some cool stuff next level. Yeah, it's going to be great. All I'm going to say is I took Shadowblade when, when we reached level seven. Um, because And she's delayed because I took rogue classes first. So she's going to be able to, summon, as a bonus action, summon a sword that does 2D. It's a dexterity, but it's a finesse weapon. So it and it has the throne and light properties. So you can I can summon a sword. It does 2d8 psychic damage. And I get advantage every time I attack and I'm in darkness or dim light. And I have devil's sight, which means I can see through magical darkness. So I'm fucking that's gonna do a lot of fucking damage. It's gonna and, be a badass. And I'm gonna get sneak attack on everything if I'm fighting in the dark. So it's gonna be fucking great. Anyway. Um all right. Gavel go. Anything else? Come on, let's get another two questions. We can do it. Two more questions. Two more. I'm starting to run out. Uh, okay. Mounts. Mounts. Should you get them and use them more? Like horses? 
You can have all kinds of different things as mounts. You can have horses. You can have a pony. Uh, in critical role, they get, uh, what are the, the cat creatures they get that oh, I can't think of in, off the top in, of my head? Uh, Jor- uh, Jorhas. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget what, War, War Bounders, I think? More Bounders, More. Oh, More Bounders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can have all kinds of different stuff and, uh. I, I'm pro-mount. I don't think that we have those that much. Joe, the campaign we were in where we had flying mounts kind of mm-hmm. impacted drastically the way we got around and the number of encounters we had and the length of time between things. So right. there's some balancing to be made there. Well, I think that was sort of the nature, just sort of like the feel of that campaign too. It wasn't It wasn't as like, I don't want to say gr- grueling because i don't think my campaigns are grueling but it wasn't as granular maybe as with all like that stuff um i think mounts are cool i think mounted combat can be cool and as a paladin you have summon steed it's like yeah i know it's a fucking great spell you can have a mount whenever you want um (laughs) i'm not saying i don't (laughs) okay well i'm not saying i'm not going to okay but if you want a pony generally speaking how I felt about right. mounts. If you want I'm a pony, I'm pro mount. If you want a pony, actually, when you get magical secrets, Jin could also take that. Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, summon steed uh, is great. I think I think they're interesting. I think it's not as cool as people think. If you're a martial class that is just swinging weapons at things, great. I think a, having like a barbarian on a mount would be kind of fucking cool. But I wouldn't want my wizard on one necessarily. Uh, or maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, gavel gavel. All right. Gavel gavel. Any more? Um everyone gets a pony. <laughs> um so in my uh, campaigns. <laughs> Joe, we've talked about this a lot with you made a, a homebrewed cooking thing for uh Kaz my barbarian, but there's all these other toolkits and skills and trades that your characters can have. Uh do you think that the rules as written give us enough to to make that meaningful within the game so that your characters should or, or do take those abilities and use them? What do you mean by that? I don't know if I... So like artisan's tools or like smith's tools or oh, okay. thieves' tools. Um, I mean, I think mm-hmm. thieves' tools is the exception because you actually use those quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I don't at all think that the rules as written um, uh, touch upon those enough. I think it requires DMs to do a lot of footwork. Um, luckily, uh, we've discussed, um, you know, homebrew things that other people have created um, in in our campaign um, that were uh, our guide campaign. Uh, Tyler, who plays a druid, um, asked, like, yeah, what can I do with my herbalism kit? And I'm like, oh, well, why don't we look into that? And I, I got a whole supplement that a homebrew supplement and was like, here, feel free to, to we'll use these rules. You'll go find supplies and we'll make checks to see if you can craft these potions and he's like cool so now he has a way to use that so i'm always open to to including more things about that i just put it on my players to say you tell me what you want to do with it so joe you were very adamant that like you wanted kaz to be a chef and and that you wanted his his uh cooking tools to like his utensils to actually like be useful so so uh, not only did I, did you start off with an ability that, that, that dealt with cooking, but you also then 
got had got access to you know that's that spice pouch that you can pull out whatever spices <laughs> you need and Hayward's uh, spice bag the spice bag yeah and then the that pots and pan thing that all fits in like a, 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 like an extra dimensional space. So isn't his shield like a cast iron pan? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you that's more just though? flavor? I mean, that's important. <laughs> it's magically Maintenance and upkeep of cast iron implements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I've never gone into, cause I've oh, never yeah. gotten far enough in a campaign mm-hmm. to have it become a thing uh, but, you know, in Critical Role, they get the house in, in Jorhas, mm. and there are rules for owning properties and yeah. getting a place and designing a place. Uh, do you think that, number one is, let's just take it from a player perspective. Mm-hmm. As a player, is that something that you would want to do and, and think is fun? Seven million percent, yes. Seven Absolutely. million percent. You're talking Actually, to... You're, first of all, okay, never mind. Anna, you go. I've talked too much. I, I, I was just going to say, like, we've actually talked about this in, in our Yawning Portal campaign. Yeah. Like, we want to buy apartments. <laughs> yep. And I think we might, like, because we're... Yeah. Like, I think the the co- the uh, the payout for our job is, like, 25,000 gold if we do everything we're supposed to do, um, which minus a, a cut for two halflings that are joining us who Umber may... Who I may kill before right. the end, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. So, um... Uh, it's very possible that we might actually attempt to like buy uh, a mansion and I, or something in the city. And I think that Clint would totally be down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have already have plans in both of my campaigns for doing the same thing. Once you guys reach a certain point. Um, <laughs> but I have a castle. <laughs> you don't have Every- a castle. Everybody's moving in to my castle. Someone has a castle. <laughs> it's not you. It's not your dad. <gasps> you so knew sorry. that <laughs> wait no i didn't you knew that he was okay we talk, okay i'm not going into this um uh no. i knew he was gone right but i didn't know someone else was like in well the- someone had to take over oh mm. um short story yes one thousand percent i would love to do that um and i think it's cool that the group has like a, a home base to go back to mm-hmm I could tell Joe from your reaction, you're like, you want the same thing, right? Yeah, no, I think that'd be super fun. I thought that, uh, you know, in the, I don't want to, Anna, are you still watching Critical Role? I am, but I'm, I'm like so early. Just, you yeah, can spoil it. It's fine. Yeah. Just talk no, around I can't. it. I don't know. How, I already spoiled that there's, they get a house eventually. Well, yeah. That's really um, okay. You yeah, guys. That's not, there's that's a, not something there's a second it. house that they acquire of a style that is uh super cool and really creative. And there is uh, just, the, you can just say it. The wizard tower. Well, it's not theirs. I mean, Caleb made it. And Oh, they use it. oh, the spell. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, oh, I. And that's like a home. Me. And but he's got this whole mental construct of this tower that they can. They all have rooms and each room is tailored yeah, to the person. They live in a mind palace. So, yeah. So, Anna, look up it's after super this. Cool. Look up the spell. Um, uh, uh, what's his, Magnificent Mansion? What's the what's his name? Um Max, no, it's not Maximilian's. It's starts with an M. Yeah. Um. Uh. But look up that spell. It's a seventh level spell. It's 
I cannot. I I really hope Icewind Dale goes beyond twelfth level because and that we end up continuing that campaign because I really want to cast that spell. And and for Inky, it's going to take at least until fifteenth level, unfortunately. But uh, Mordenkainen's Morden. As soon as you as soon as you said that, I was like Mordenkainen. Mordenkainen's magnificent magnificent mansion. It's on, it's on page two sixty one of the player's hand. It is a available fan- to bards. Yep. It is a fantastic <laughs> yes. spell. Um, it's great. Uh, so yes, I would love to cast that as a wizard at some point. Well, I think that ends the rocket docket because right. I can't think of Case more closed. questions <laughs> that aren't more complex. That was awesome. That Thank was you for awesome. joining us for our tenth episode. Yeah, I like how we're treating our tenth episode like it's like our ten year. <laughs> like we've been doing this for so long. <laughs> Well, fans, if you like this episode, like comment on Twitter, send us an email, let us know, because uh, maybe we'll, every 10th episode we'll we'll bring uh, Justice Jojo back or maybe we'll bring um, maybe Justice Joe will bring you back as a as just an associate justice and someone else will ask us the questions Ooh. or maybe like Ooh. Anna or I will come up with the list of questions. Ooh. There we go. Mm-hmm. that's my noises they're sexy (laughs) um okay well justice joe thank you so much for joining us thanks for joining us jojo Um, thanks for having me back of course long time listener not first time caller (laughs) um and uh i look forward to episode 11 so congrats again to our winner. Maybe at 300 followers, I will, uh, maybe that's when, when uh, Anna will post the weapon that she gets. Or maybe at 300 followers, I'll post the map of Gydra. Ooh. Ooh. So people can see what the arc- Stay tuned our campaign and follow. is all about. Although I got to be careful because it's a little different than the other one. But anyway. Okay. Well, that's all for now, folks. Goodbye. And you got to say it in that raw and order voice. Raw and order. Why don't we do it like that? Run order. Run order. This is run order. I didn't know my my throat was capable (laughs) of making that noise. (laughs) It sounds like that episode, that thing in Parks and Rec when he's like, Bobby Newport. (laughs) Bobby Newport. Bobby Bobby Newport. Newport. Okay, now we're just wasting tape.